Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Walking the way of wisdom. But I break this message down in three points that he was leading in. The first one, using the scripture Romans 12 verse 2, taming those thoughts. And the next point will be shut up and show off from James 3, 1 to 18. And the last point will be paying the path to progress from James 1, verses 2 to 8. So the message being walking the way of wisdom. We have to find out how we're going to get there. Right? So we are going to focus on looking at where we are, where we want to be, and the path we need to take. Wisdom, based on the dictionary definition, is having experience, good judgment, and a body of knowledge developed within a period of time. This message is about a journey towards our destiny paved by the way of wisdom. And if you will follow me and read with me, thoughts turn into words, words turn into actions, actions turn into habits, habits turn into character, and character turns into destiny. So, generally speaking, what we are saying is that our thoughts actually determine our destiny. And that is scary. That's really scary. Because the first time the Lord began to minister that truth to me, I was scared. Our thoughts that turn into words can actually determine where we end up in the long run. That's serious. Very serious. The old time people will say some people have gold mouth. But I will say that everybody have goat mouth if you're a believer. Because that's how powerful your words are. So as I proceed with the first point, taming those thoughts, the first thing you may say to me, well, I can't manage my thoughts. I can't stop my thoughts. I can't control my thoughts. Well, if you read in Proverbs 23, 7, the first part of that verse, it says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you cannot control your thoughts, it means you're living your life on your way up to anything. But I'm going to focus on Romans 12, 2. Because that's really the scripture that is going to tell us that we are capable of controlling our thoughts. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Some versions say to the pattern of this world. So it means there's a pattern that is set out. A pattern is something that is pre-cut, pre-designed. It is not random. That's what a pattern is. My mother, when she just started sewing, she used to have, remember those old paper patterns? And she pin those patterns to the fabric and then cut it out. So there's a pattern that has been set up in this world for us to follow. 
we don't even realize that just following that pattern, you know, many of our young people, especially, they say, well, I just want to be different. And they just, they're not realizing that the more they try to be different, like the world, is the more they're being the same. They're not being different. They're just following a pattern. So do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh my goodness. Just saying, you still say you can't control your thoughts? If that is the case, then your mind cannot be renewed. Is that what you're saying? That God lied? Our thoughts actually expose the attitude of the heart. What is attitude? Attitude is our state of mind when we approach a situation or a person. Attitudes influence how we respond to those situations and to those people. How we treat people shows up how you think about those people. I really get very nervous if I say a wrong word about somebody, even somebody I don't like, it is not something that we want to fool with. Think about attitude for those young people who are still in school. Just imagine you're going to high school, you're in grade seven, and somebody in grade nine comes and says, wait, you're doing bio with that teacher? What? Let me tell you something. That teacher is terrible, miserable, hard. That teacher don't like. You understand? And of course, you have never met the teacher. You have never even seen the teacher. But guess what you're going to have? You're going to develop an attitude towards that teacher. Even though you have never been exposed to that teacher. So, the inf you have been influenced now to develop an attitude. And so when you go before that teacher, chances are you're not going to do well. Because you have already put off, you have already canceled any kind of positive vibration that you would want to receive from that person. Change a tune. Another person comes to you and says, oh, you have that teacher for me. Well, let me tell you. That man is tough, but he really wants to see you succeed. He will do anything to make sure you do well. You can go to him, and even though your voice sounds stern or pain at the man, what kind of attitude are you going to have when you get into that math class? A positive attitude. Chances are you do well. So attitude is a serious influencer of our actions. And our thoughts, there's a link missing because our thoughts actually don't turn to words yet. Our thoughts turn into attitudes which turn to words and actions. There are many scriptures that talk to us about our thought life. Many. I could find many when I was doing my study. But in the interest of time, I will focus on just that one that we dealt with just now in Romans 12 as it includes a critical component that supports this theme about taming those thoughts. And that component is a part that says, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What greater wisdom do we need than being able to prove God's perfect will? Every day I pray, Lord, I want to know your perfect will. Lord, I want to know your perfect will. And he's saying, submit to the renewing of your mind. Tame those thoughts. Knowing God's perfect will is what gives us the ability to walk in the way of wisdom. To conform is devastating and imprisoning to a believer. Because you are taking on a pattern that was not intended for you. Versus to be transformed is liber liberating and freeing. Transformation gives us the ability to renew our mind. The mind cannot be renewed while we are in bondage. And that is what conforming does. It puts us into bondage. Let's look at the difference. Conform. Con conforming is ready to take the shape or form of something else that already exists. Remember we talked about pattern? Remember talking about that pre-cut pattern? Well, that's what conform does. It puts us in the shape of something that already exists. And of course, that's temporary because that is always changing. No fixed end result. And I put that ice tray up there to give us a visual that the water that is put in that ice tray, take, water has no shape, right? It takes the shape of whatever vessel it goes into. So you put it in that ice tray, it takes the shape of that ice tray, and you put it into the right environment, which is a freezer, and it's frozen solid and keeps that shape. But it is temporary. And that is why our young people are so mixed up and confused. Because they take on this temporary pattern of conforming to what the world does and says that they really get confused. They do. Transform. That is to become a completely different creature. One that never before existed. It is permanent. It cannot go back. Those of us who are born again understand what transform means. Because once you have been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no going back. I am not the same person I was in 1992. That was when I surrendered my life. Oh, I was a church goer. I went to church. Oh, yeah. The church is right times, and I spoke the right language, and I I thought I did the right things, except when I didn't do the right things. I had a very good reason why I didn't do them. Oh, yeah. I justified all of my actions, all of my behavior. I justified it. Until I came face to face, I had an encounter. I call it my Damascus Road encounter. I was 38 years old. The day of my thing, you know how old I am. But it doesn't matter. The point is, it happened. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I didn't die at 38. Look at it that way. So I had a transforming experience. I became a different person than I was. I cannot go back. Just as how the butterfly cannot go back to being a caterpillar, I cannot go back to being Christ. It's just not possible. 
and that is transformation. So, we're going to do a little visual on transform and conform. Now this, this is the remote that operates with the thermostat. So what we do, we set, okay, the air condition, it regulates the temperature and it transforms the environment. This, however, is a thermometer. It simply reflects the temperature and it conforms to the environment in which you put it. So if you put it out of your tongue or your arm or wherever you put it, so it doesn't have a temperature of its own. It takes the temperature from the place in which you put it. So this is, this conforms and this operates the thermostat in the AC that transforms. Now, we are not called to conform, are we? We are called to be transformers. We are called to influence our environment. And that is what makes the big difference. So young people, if you are called, if you find yourself wanting to do what other people do just because you are comfortable and you feel accepted and liked and appreciated, it means that you're walking on slippery ground. You are in danger. You're in danger of becoming conforming, conforming to that pattern that everybody is part of. So can we really tame the thoughts? You may say that it is impossible to tame the thoughts, but it's not. Remember that scripture, renewing the mind? When you define the word tame, because the scripture also talks about taming the tongue in James. Why tame the tongue? And then it goes on to say, no man can tame the tongue. Am I contradicting myself? No. No man. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. So I don't make that scare me about not being able to tame the tongue. I give my tongue all the time to God because believe me, the things that I get in trouble with or throughout my life has generally been because of my tongue. The words I say. So when you define tame, it says make less powerful and easier to control. It did not say impossible to control. It said easier to control. So you may not be able to stop or remove thoughts, but think of them like birds. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. So if you think of thoughts like that, can't stop the thoughts from coming, but we can stop ourselves from delving into it, from taking it on, from wallowing in it. So try it. This is a quote from somebody called Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She says, our own thoughts perform surgery on our brains with more precision than 
any neurosurgeon can. Our own thoughts perform surgery on our brains with more precision than any neurosurgeon can. That's a serious statement because we have been undermining the power of our thoughts for so long. So my next point is shut up and show off. Second point, and that's taken from James 3, 1 to 18. It's an entire chapter of James 3. So I encourage you to, to go through that. Have you ever heard the statement, your actions are speaking so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying? Mm -hmm. It is similar to the saying, actions speak louder than words. Show and tell is an activity that is very effective, especially for younger children. It requires showing an object they brought from home first and then talking about it. So I've done that, I brought an object from home and I'm going to talk about it. And I just want you to tell me what you think I say. This is night Teddy and I love it. I love him, isn't it? I love this Teddy. I love this Teddy. Why are you saying, mm -mm. why is I'm telling you that I love this Teddy? Pardon me? I'm not treating the Teddy right? But I'm saying the right words, so what's your problem? Oh, if I say, do I even have to say a word? Hubby gave me this penny many years ago, 15 years ago. I'm telling you, we think we are saying what we want to say, but it's really our actions that say it. You see, you're not only just seeing the object, but you're also seeing my body language. You are hearing my body language louder than you're hearing my words. One of the reasons I believe Jesus loves to, to say after a miracle, don't tell anyone. He said, oh, don't tell anybody. Get healing, don't tell anybody. Go show yourself to the priest. Possibly one of the reasons, as probably about Mother Mary, probably just couldn't take the excitement. And the excitement sometimes can mask or cover up, distract from the message. But I believe. The main reason was that he wanted people to see it before they hear about it. That's not in the scripture, and I didn't rewrite scripture. That's just my belief. That is what being a witness is all about. We need to preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. In the old days when they were evangelizing communities, what they did, they didn't put up a tent and big speakers. What they did, they sent a Christian family to live in the community. That's it. Just live. And that family lived where the people lived. They went to the same stores. They went to the same schools. They just interacted with the people in the market. They did the things that everybody did. And they befriended people, and after a while, possibly persons, especially in difficult situations, they'll say, 
What's different about you? That was a terrible situation. How come it didn't affect you or you didn't react to it the way we did? They begin to ask questions. After a while, they begin to invite them to their home to have tea or a meal or whatever. After a while, have a home church. That's what evangelism was. It was putting hands and feet to the gospel. I love to talk, as you can know, and I got into trouble at school for it, but I also like to listen, especially to my brethren, those of you who are of the faith. Matthew 12, 34 is really true. That out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouth speaks. Now, I have two tubes here. Can you guess what's inside of them? Can you guess? Just a guess. Anything? Mm? Shampoo, lotion, gel, whatever. You could say anything you want to say. And I could say yes or no, even if even if you were right. But the real test will come when you squeeze it. Many of us don't know what is inside of us until we are squeezed. And what is inside will come out. And so we can learn a lot about others just by listening to their conversation. But you can also learn a lot about yourself by listening to yourself. Consider this. When we speak, we are only repeating what we already know. When we listen, we may learn something we do not yet know. So listening is a skill that I am still learning. But I realize it is critical for my growth. When we speak too much, it could get us into trouble. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. We're talking about the journey to wisdom, right? Shut up and show up. I sometimes shock myself when, when I hear myself say certain things and I say, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. The truth is, no matter how many apologies we make or excuses we make, it was not accidental because it was already inside of us. It was just hidden. So I have discovered that rather than spending time repenting for the words I have spoken, I focus instead on seeking God to repair the condition of my heart. I ask him to change that because the scripture does tell us that our hearts are deceitful above all things. Who can know it? In Isaiah. When I read that scripture again, I felt so embarrassed. I thought, oh, you mean my heart has been lying to me? Our hearts lie to many of us. Our hearts tell us something that is not really so. And we actually believe it. You want to know what's in your heart? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Words are simply thoughts with clothes on. My final third point, pave the path to progress. And that's taken from James chapter 1, verses 2 to 8. 
And you know that scripture. The one that says, count it all joy. You're in the face, trials of many kinds. You know that scripture. That scripture, that when your friend gets into trouble, you quote it. <laughs> and you say, Lord, this is our Lord, my brother. Just count it joy. God up to something. When you're down on nothing, God is up to something. But is it when it happened to you? You know, remember that scripture. God far from your man, when it's your turn. But that scripture, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally. Didn't say give to some. Didn't say give to adults. Children, it didn't say give to adults. It's a gift to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, I don't want anybody to call me unstable. I may be a little quirky, but I'm not unstable. And I don't even want to be considered that. But the truth is, you decide whether or not you're unstable. It's not about walking downtown with, without shoes or, you know, going crazy. It's about whether or not you are doubting God's word. Now listen, I pray every day for wisdom. I pray every day for wisdom. And then, when I pray for wisdom, I say, Lord, why this pain? We learn big wisdom from the mistakes and the challenges we go through. Why is it James taught that chapter like that? Count it all joy when he's trial. And then come verse down and say, if you lack wisdom, ask. It means that there's a path to wisdom through pain. You don't want to admit it, but it's true. I can tell you about pain. I can tell you about mental pain, emotional pain, physical pain, social pain. I can tell you about all of those kinds of pain. Nobody likes pain. But pain is not necessarily a bad thing. Pain is a signal that we are still alive. We gain wisdom, not by the great things we have done, but by the pain we have experienced, by the mistakes we have gone through. All those mistakes I have made. Unless you are not wise, you will repeat it again. And I ask the Lord, I don't want to repeat any of those foolishness. I don't want to go down those roads. So it means I have to grow in wisdom to be able to maintain my position. Or pain properly managed can help heal the pain of others. So 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. Or pain properly managed can help heal the pain of others. I have a friend whose husband died tragically in, in a motor vehicle accident. And I went over to her house encourage her and minister to her and pray for her. And I believe that she was helped to a certain degree. And then through the door 
want another person that she knows. I know the person, so I'm not close to her, but she walked through, through the door and she said, Paula, girl, I know how you feel. Her husband was shot and killed. Now, what ministry do you think touched her the most? Not that she didn't appreciate mine, but what do you, do you think she gained something more from this woman who had been there? It's a different level of ministry. That minister to the heart, don't minister to the mind. She ministered directly to where the pain was. And that was a wake up call. Because it meant that everything that came my way, I had to trust the sovereignty of God that was intended for my growth and for my maturity and not to destroy me. And I've been through a lot, but I believe I have grown. It might not happen immediately, you know, but I have grown. So you read that scripture when you go home, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. I remember when I was at Bible school too, part of my testimony. You know, you, you, you really, you're excited, you're passionate, but I was anyway. And so after I finished, I graduated from Bible school, they asked me to stay on to be a part of the staff. So I was the registrar at one point, and at another point I was assistant to the, to the missions director. So I served there. And I remember one day, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We had one central media station where everything was the photocopy machine, the, the computer with the internet, the Anything that needed to be done with me, you needed a flyer, you went to that media room, media station. So this one day, I went there and I, you have to go there and you have to write down your request on a piece of paper and hand it to the person at the desk and, you know, they'll tell you when you can, when it will be done. So I went there and I went, hi, morning one, how are you? Oh gosh, I'm in a hurry, can I? I need so and so and so and so, the person said to me. Write it on that paper. I think I was pretty new in the position, so I didn't know the processes so well. So, oh, I have to document, okay. And I took the paper and I thought, oh my goodness, I forgot my pen, I forgot my pen. Can you please just lend me a pen? I'm in a hurry, I need to get back to the office. And she looked at me and she said, why don't you just get yourself a pen? tight on a string and wear it around your neck. In the same tone, same body language, same attitude, I was hurt. I was embarrassed and I was hurt. And in that moment, in that moment, I had a choice. I could lean into the pain and trust God to respond appropriately. I could run away crying or I could curse her out. So I decided to lean into the pain. And as soon as I did that, the Holy Spirit, just, I just felt so calm. And I had a witty response. I said, you know, I think I'll do just that. It's a great idea. So I went downtown. I bought several pens on a string. 
I gave her one, and I have different colors to color coordinate with my, with my clothes. And that moment helped me. I grew, and there was no going back. Once you cross over that crisis, there is no going back. So I grew. And that same young lady, she came to me a few weeks after, and she said, I don't know what it is. I'm so sorry. I don't know why it is I don't like you. There's nothing about you not to like. I don't know why I'm so hasty with you, but I just want to apologize. That's what grace does. We always have a choice when we are faced with those issues that cause pain. Embarrassment is pain. Shame is pain. So you grow when you lean into the pain. We should look for the best and we should do the best and speak the best. And on the surface, it sounds good. And the Lord, there's that's only one side of the coin. It needs the other side to bring balance and to, to add truth. Incomplete information is just as bad as partial truth. And that could end up to be full-blown lies. Life is not about only having positive words and feeling good all the time. The fact is, we grow from a balanced experience. Good, bad, ugly, and indifferent. If we stay focused on Christ, we grow more spiritually from pain than we do from pleasure. The more pain that I experienced in my life was my opportunity to grow. And so the pleasure just reminded me of good God's grace and mercy. If I didn't have moments of no money, I would not even begin to appreciate God's provision. So we have to focus. The Lord gave me an acronym for focus. Follow only Christ under stress. Focus. So I'm wrapping up and I'm going to do a little review. So now what seem to be like three separate messages are all one and the same. God was taking me back to basics and I hope to bring you also back to basics. There's a common thread that ran in all the scriptures. Many roads lead to wisdom, but we have to choose to walk that way. Wisdom does not drop on top of us in the prayer closet. We have to walk it out. Walk it out through the taming of our thoughts. That's the beginning of the journey towards walking the way of wisdom. We have to walk it out as we shut up and show off. Our actions are the voices of our hearts. Our actions are the most powerful witness without words, walking the way of wisdom. Finally, pain, the path of progress, our response to pain is the result of our growth. I can tell you how much you have grown based on how you respond to your pain. How I will respond to pain now is not the same way I would respond to pain in the past. Pain is a part of the journey that will either propel us to continue or cause us to give up and stop. 
Pain is intended to be the encouragement that says, yes, I will count it all joy. I am growing and I'm walking the way of wisdom. Pain does all that and more. Here's a chain reaction. Thoughts turn into words. Words turn into actions. Actions turn into habits. Habits turn into character. Character turns into destiny. What that is saying is that your thoughts actually determine your destiny. Now, if that is not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. I want to fulfill my purpose. Yes, I am 66 years old. I'm not worried about getting older, but I am always concerned about fulfilling my purpose with the time I have. So I don't have a problem about age. But God, am I doing what I'm here to do? Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Today, all about him. While God is the one working it out, working out his purpose, we have a responsibility to cooperate. We always have a chance. And the final scripture then is Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain heart of wisdom. My friends, we don't have much time. Just look around you. So we cannot afford to waste time. There are some people who say time is money. That's a lie. Time is life. My desire to fulfill my purpose assigned to me is paramount. I dare not be lazy about it. You see, lazy people have no they, they always don't have no time. But if you want to invest in a growth, you will find the time. If you don't want to do it, you will always find an excuse. So my journey continues. Many roads leading me towards wisdom. And friends, let us walk together towards our destiny. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.